It's Morning Edition from NHPR. I'm Rick Ganley, and this is the New Hampshire News Recap. We're getting into the week's top stories. Public health officials are urging people to be careful as temperatures rise, and adults on Medicaid are newly eligible for dental benefits in New Hampshire, but few dentists are actually available for appointments. Joining us now is the New Hampshire Bulletin's Anne-Marie Timmons. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning. And NHPR's Paul Booth, also in studio. Hey, Paul. Hey, Rick. Good to see you both. Uh, Anne-Marie, I want to start start with you. Uh, you spoke with people on Medicaid trying to sign up for dentist appointments now that they are eligible. But what it's what it's been like for them so far? It's been tough. It has. I say it has been mixed, um, but largely frustrating. We know people are getting appointments because the state saw its claims for these patients go from 1,000 in April to 2,000 in June. Now, that's claims, not patients, because some patients have multiple claims. Um, and some practices I spoke with had appointments as early as this month. But we know that many patients are struggling to get appointments, some even to get their messages returned. I learned of two practices that are booking into 2025, even for patients with commercial insurance. I mean, I think the problem is patients see a list of 125 dentists who are signed up to this program, but many aren't actually taking patients yet or are only taking five. And Anne-Marie, you reported that, again, less than 15 percent of the state's dentists and oral surgeons have signed on to take these patients with Medicaid. Why are they so reluctant to take them right now? There's two primary reasons. Um, one will sound familiar. They don't have the staff to see their existing patients now. I mean, they lost staff as every other employer did. And Medicaid pays half their costs for most procedures. So one dentist told me that she had every intention to participate um, until she started getting 80 calls a day for appointments. She's a tiny practice, couldn't manage that call load, couldn't manage losing that much money. Um, in Northeast Delta Dental and DentaQuest, who have the contract, they're managing this. They have increased payments for some of the more expensive procedures, hoping that'll entice more to join, but that's still going to be a big hurdle for providers, I think. And you you reported that you know one of the New Hampshire's been one of the few states that have limited dental coverage for people on Medicaid. Oral health advocates have been working to get this benefit for a long time in the Granite State. They have. It's been a decade plus. Um, there was always uh, it was always cost really, and the state was able to find some money in a settlement um, that is now paying for this. But right until now, Medicaid patients, adult Medicaid patients, could only you know get the other end of the treatment, the tooth extractions or, you know, extreme emergencies. They couldn't get anything that prevented that. So this is the first time they've had that benefit. And what are the incentives for dentists to to open their offices to Medicaid patients? I mean, what are they telling you that they need to do that? Well, there's, there's a couple um, that I hadn't thought of at first. Providers had voiced concerns that Medicaid patients um, sometimes have complications in their lives. They don't have transportation or reliable transportation. They've not had a dentist for all these years, so they're not used to going to the dentist. So there's money in there for free transportation if people can't get to an appointment. And if they are missing appointments, there's care managers who can step in and, and really help sort out those barriers or, or find out what's going on. I mean, I asked Tom Raffio, how do you convince, a, you know, Northeast Delta Dental to, how do you convince people to sign on to this? And he said, it, it just has to be from the heart. It has to be willing to do, you know, a good deed for society. And I, I think those three things will have to come into play here. So if someone is trying to get an appointment and is eligible right now, what should they do? They should um, go onto the state DHHS site and search SMILES program. 
Um, it takes a little bit to get there, but that is the name of the program. That's the best place to go. You'll find a, a directory. Do be aware that not everyone on there is taking patients. Have patience to get through it, um, but that's where I would go to DHHS site, uh, Department of Health and Human Services, and search SMILE program. Governor Sununu recently signed a bill that makes it easier for licensed professionals from other states to get credentials here in New Hampshire. I want to turn to you, Paul, for this story. What could this mean for workforce shortages in healthcare? Yeah, so this change essentially makes it so that people who have some sort of professional license in another state can essentially transfer that license to New Hampshire. Uh, this is assuming the state's licensing requirements are similar to New Hampshire's and the person, of course, is in, in good standing. Um, but the idea is that, you know, medical professions, as we've been talking about, but also electricians, plumbers, foresters, whole range of other professionals um, can, in theory, start working in New Hampshire um, more quickly without having to go through a whole new uh, board approval process. Uh, the idea is to make it easier for those folks to, you know, move to New Hampshire, start working immediately, and address some of these workforce uh, shortages we've been talking about in healthcare, uh, dentistry, of course, but um, also a whole range of other industries. You know, this was one part of a, a much broader set of licensing reforms that the governor had put forward this year that included um, eliminating a number of licenses outright, reorganizing many professional licensing boards. M members of some professions push, push back on certain changes, and the, the legislature didn't go for, for a lot of those other reforms this year, aside from this reciprocal licensing provision. Uh, so the governor said he, he would like to see additional changes in the future, but he um, called this a good start. And Anne-Marie, could these license transfers help workforce shortages like the ones the dentists are dealing with? Yes, I think that's the hope. And as Paul mentioned, you know, you have to kind of have to match up. Do they have the credentials here? Um, and I think that's the piece. It's going to take some time. This isn't happening right now, tomorrow. They need to sort out what is similarly similar um, kind of credentials, what qualifies here that is happening elsewhere. Um, but but that, as Paul said, it needs to match up with what New Hampshire wants. So, yeah, I think I think that's the idea that it would help healthcare across the board. Might be a piece of the puzzle. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's Morning Edition on NHPR. We're recapping the week's news with the New Hampshire Bulletin's Anne-Marie Timmons and NHPR's Paul Kuno Booth. What questions do you have about what's going on in the state? Email us at voices at nhpr.org. Now, Anne-Marie, you also reported this week on a plan to build a behavioral health hospital in the state. We've discussed the shortage of mental health beds in the state before. Would this new facility address that issue? Yes, um, it will. It just we, we need more beds. That's just the bottom line. This is 144 beds. Some of those will replace beds that exist, but it's a huge number of additional beds. Um, we know that people are in emergency rooms waiting for care. They're at home waiting for care. They're in crisis. They need a hospital bed now, and they're waiting days, weeks. Um, yesterday, for example, there were no beds open in the state for adults, including New Hampshire Hospital, which has about 150 beds available. So yes, this will put more beds online. Now, what's next for the project? What, what, what's the next step? Well, they have to choose a location. Um, we know that it'll be in southeastern part of the state, but we don't know where. They hope to open in 2025. I think the big question will be, you know, they'll need workers. And so what will that look like? That's not going to be a small challenge. Right. Uh, what else is the state doing to address the, the shortage of, of mental health care beds right now? They've put a lot of work in the other end of the mental health um, journey, which is preventative care. They've put more money into community mental health centers, into crisis teams that can go out and stabilize someone in their home. Um, they've expanded treatment for children. So I think that's really where they want to 
invest their money um, in the long term. This these beds now certainly solve a problem right now, but they say you really need to get ahead of this and not let people get to the hospital. So I think that's the other piece that they're really focused on as well. Okay. We'll be watching for your reporting for, for updates on that. In other news, no doubt you've noticed that temperatures have been rising. They rose into the 90s this week here in New Hampshire. Not unusual for July, but Paul, you've been talking with public health officials uh, about the heat. What are they telling you? Yeah, so yesterday was particularly hot. There was actually a heat advisory in effect for much of the the day um, with the heat index making it feel like it was the mid to high 90s in some places. Today won't be quite as hot, but but still pretty hot. And, you know, health officials, doctors were giving, you know, kind of the usual advice. Stay inside if you can during the hottest parts of the day. Avoid strenuous activity. Drink lots of water, maybe more than you think you need. If you do need to work outside, take a lot of breaks be in the shade as much as possible. Uh, another thing they really stressed is just check in on friends, family, neighbors, and of course pets. Make sure they're doing okay. Uh, that's especially true for people who may be more vulnerable to heat-related illnesses like older adults and children. Now, New Hampshire is seeing more very hot days due to the effects of climate change, just like everything else, everywhere else in the country. How are local officials planning for that, Paul? So I spoke to some emergency management officials in Nashua about this. You know, they had a number of steps they took um, this week to address the sort of immediate concern of making people, uh, making sure people were safe in the heat. That includes designating a number of public cooling stations, places like the library, the YMCA that had air conditioning and were open to the public. They were actually offering free bus rides to those locations yesterday. They also sent out community health workers ahead of time, trying to kind of get the word out in multiple languages. They worked with community organizations to reach vulnerable groups like uh, homebound seniors, people experiencing homelessness. So, so those were some of the things they did to, to really address the immediate concern. But, you know, they told me they're also thinking about how do we plan for a future with more days like this, more really hot days throughout the summer. And that includes, you know, thinking about things like equitable access to air conditioning, to water, to other services, uh, just making sure, you know, everybody, not just people with, with more resources, have the opportunity to, to stay healthy and, and do well as the heat increases. Here's Emily Merticello, Nashua's Director of Emergency Management. We're looking strategically at what is the long-term uh, outlook for extreme heat in uh, Nashua and New England in general, and it's trending up. We're going to have more extreme heat days. So as I said, they're uh, thinking about how to deal with that more strategically. Is there anything else that people should know or do? You know, we've still got a lot of summer left here. We do. I, I mentioned Nashua, for example, had designated uh, certain cooling centers around town. So that's something you can always look at is is if your, um, your community has any of those on especially hot days or just, you know, public places like libraries that do have air conditioning. Those are good spots to hang out in. Absolutely. And uh, do the best to keep cool. And as you said, a good tip about keeping your, your pets well hydrated and keep them indoors and in the shade. That's yeah. right. Uh, I want to ask you both before I let you go, what's next in your reporting? Anne-Marie, what else are you working on right now? Well, top of my list next week is getting Taylor Swift tickets because the European shows <laughs> go on sale. Um, and while I'm on hold with Ticketmaster. Yeah, that, that, it could be a full-time job, Anne-Marie. Right. Um, <laughs> While I'm on hold with Ticketmaster, I'm going to look at uh, what the courts are doing around mental health and trying to get uh, people who could be defendants instead into treatment and out of court.
And how about you, Paul? Well, I am looking forward to Anne Marie's reporting on Taylor Swift. I, but... I am too. I am too. <laughs> Let us know how it goes. It's been please. an eight-month search. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's, yeah, that's going to be a big story then. But uh, no, I'm I'm also interested to uh, follow you know some of these workforce issues that we were talking about with mental health workforce, with all the new capacity that the state is trying to bring online. How do they not only address adri- uh, uh, existing shortages, but sort of build up that that workforce over the next few years? And let me ask you both before I let you go, what you do to beat the heat? What's your favorite summer activity, Paul? Exercise in the morning. Yeah, before it gets hot? Before it gets hot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because it's, not, it's nice to be out in the morning in the mist and yeah. the fog. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Emery? Pretty much do everything within five feet of the air conditioning. <laughs> Eat, get ready. Search for Taylor Swift tickets. Yeah, Yeah. I got you. All right. Anne-Marie Timmons is a senior reporter for the New Hampshire Bulletin. Paul Kuno Booth is the health and equity reporter for NHPR. Thanks to you both for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. You can find their reporting, by the way, at NewHampshireBulletin.com and at NHPR.org. And while you're there, we suggest you check out the New Hampshire News Quiz. It's quick, fun, and informative. And you can sign up to get the quiz emailed to you or check it out at NHPR.org slash quiz. And we're here next Friday with more top stories. I'm Rick Ganley. This is Morning Edition from NHPR.